crying, you're so scared and all alone. Hangman is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Welcome to episode 33 of the UK Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. We're here with a very special mock draft episode for you today. And you joined as always by me, Sam Winstanley, and my three co-hosts, Dave Hart, Gavin Marshall, and Rich Cetron. How are you doing, guys? Pretty good. 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 So we've managed to start the podcast after uh, about 18 different interruptions just before <laughs> I was about to hit the record button. Um, but uh, we're here today, like I say, to do the uh, Steelers seven round mock draft. So we're going to get to that uh, in just a little bit. Um, and break down basically each of the Steelers' picks. Um, before we do, um, I've got a little segment ready that I know uh, some some segment of the listener base, although I don't know how wide that is, uh, has been crying out for, which is the uh, the final position that we've not looked at yet. Very niche, I think. Well, well, uh, and I think that what you, you know you've hit the nail on the head. Like, I'm very niche, and the question is why is that? And, and maybe I'll get a little bit into that when I discuss it. But uh, uh, how's everyone doing? Is everyone everyone on top form? I think so. Yeah. It's only been a couple of days since we recorded, but I should also mention as well, um, at the start of next week, probably so, just a couple of days before the draft, uh, we'll do another kind of special episode for next week just to, because obviously next week there won't really be an episode because the draft is at the end of the week, so we'll probably wait until after the draft to record anything of any substance, so we'll, we'll drop like a little special episode where we're going to just run through the first round. It's not Steelers related, it's just a bit of fun where we'll just make basically a mock draft between us for each pick of the first round, so... Um, I, I assume we'll all be there, but I don't know, in case any of us are busy, we might drop off, although there's not a great deal to be busy about anymore, I suppose, is there? Not really. No, not really. Okay, so without any further ado, we're going to just dive into these punters. We'll get this out of the way quickly, because I know that, that you three don't care about punters, despite the fact that it is the most undervalued <laughs> position in the NFL. Um, it, no, it, it, it's not that I don't care. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're quite right to have a specialist interest, but why would I focus any time when I know that you're light years ahead of me in, in punting analysis, so uh, that the... the, uh, the the turntables and Mike are yours. Have we discussed this with Rich yet? Before I get into this, Rich, have you have we spoke to you about the punter thing? Because I feel like you kind of joined us a little bit after this this came up. Uh, no, I was I was there for for some of it. Okay, it, it got very heated. <laughs> I, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we I think might have brought it up once. Yeah, to, you guys had to be separated, I think, or something. But <laughs> <laughs> well. As we all know, punting is the most undervalued position in the NFL, and only coaches of uh, high esteem, such as Bill Belichick, uh, really understand its value. Um, and I'm here today to break down only three, only three. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, not going to take the mic. Just three punters that that are potentially draftable uh, in this draft class. Um, so straight off the top, there is uh, one I think that is the uh, creme de la creme of the punting class this year. Um, a kind of a, a Joe Burrow-like figure um, for the brand. Um, his name is Brandon Mann from Texas A&M um, any deep thoughts on Brandon Mann Gav? No, go ahead, carry on I'm going to give you my thoughts as a round up afterwards so you, you, you press ahead Okay, so so Brandon Mann is the best punter in, in the uh, in the draft I think the concern with this is Brandon Mann's probably going to go inside the, the five rounds, he might even be the first specialist taken, obviously Rodrigo Blankenship's probably the favourite for that, who's the kicker um, but but the idea here is he is we know we talked about directional and booming punters uh, in a previous episode. Brandon Mann can kind of do both. 
Um, he's like a weapon, you know. We think about Pat McAfee as the kind of the quintessential weapon, um, pinning guys back. This guy has got kind of the ability to do both of those things, um, and that would be the ideal thing I'd be looking for in a punter. And the reason why I think it's actually a valuable pick to take in, in the late rounds. I mean, what else are you getting? Kind of an inside defensive lineman that never reaches the field, and you cut. You know, what did we get last year? Um, Sutton Smith. Where's that guy? Mm. You know. Mm. So anyway, um, he's got he's got the ability to handle short and long kicks. Um, he can pin the offense back with with these nice little pooch kicks that he does. Um, could become a top five punter in the league according to some of the guys that I've been looking at. Right, some of the, the even more in depth punter punter analysis guys. Um, and the best thing about this guy, right, Brandon Mann, above average open field tackler, ten solo stops in the last two years. You like a tackler in the punting position, right? Oh yeah, it helps if they can tackle, yeah. Right, but then right. why is he, why is his why is his punts get if he's so good, why is his punts getting returned to the point where he has to tackle him? Well listen, this is this is not a discussion about his coverage team, Gav. This is a discussion about the punter. Well if he's oh, doing yeah. amazing punts, he shouldn't be having to tackle anybody. Exactly. He's nailing it every time. Oh, he shouldn't dear. be having to tackle anybody. Yeah, he's got oh, enough hang no. time to let the coverage team get down there. Oh, they've picked away at my argument already. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. I didn't think about that. But yeah, maybe well. I suppose. I mean, who was if, it, was it, I remember watching videos. Who was the kicker? Was it Nick Folk, the kicker for the 49ers and the Eagles for years? Who used to he used to he was a black belt in like karate <laughs> or kickboxing or something, and he was always famous for maybe even judo or something. There's always loads of videos of him like destroying much bigger guys, and he he was an amazing tackler as well. Proud, yeah. Prided himself on his uh, tackling ability. In fairness, this this is only ten tackles right out of literally hundred like probably two hundred punts right. So. I mean, you know, it's, it's not unexpected that a couple might come back to the halfway halfway line, you know, where he's going to be. Sure. So, sure. you know, I, 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 I saw a couple of these. He, he, isn't, he isn't afraid of a tackle, which is good. Um, and he also can kick off, right? So if, if you kick us down, he, he can do the kickoffs for you as well. Now, so can that, he kick field goals, though? That would be a real way. If you could get a, a two-way specialist. I did not see that he was a field goal kicker, no, unfortunately. So he's not offering you that upside. He's not going to be a second-round pick. Mm. Um. Now the, the second guy. Uh, so the idea, the idea with um, Man is that Brandon Man is that, that he's going to be around the fifth round. That's the projection that the guys have on him. Obviously, who knows with these guys? It depends if a team wants a punter and how badly they want them. But that's the projection. The other two are kind of seventh round. Might not get drafted, guys. We might only see one punter. We might get three. But um, the, the second guy I wasn't a huge fan of, Joseph Charlton from South Carolina. Um, he kind of had issues with consistency. Was the issue on him? He, he, he was, which is kind of my problem with Berry, right? He, he just, you know, he'll have a great kick and then he'll kick two and whiff him at the halfway. You can't have that in a punt. If there's one thing you want, it's consistency. So I wasn't super high on him, and he's also more of a boomer than than a positional punter. And we know that I do value positional punters greatly. Um, so yeah, I wasn't super high on on Joseph Charlton, but there was one interesting guy, and you might have heard of him actually, Michael Turk from Arizona State. Um, mm-hmm. he's a nephew. No, he's a nephew of a 19-year NFL punter, Matt Turk. Right, so he's got the bloodlines. Yeah. Um, all about bloodlines. But the most impressive thing about this guy is he's got exceptional power and strength. Right, for a punter, he he broke the record um, for 25 lifts on the bench press for, from a punter uh, in this year's combine. He's got legs like tree trunks. He's got a thick, muscular frame. If you watch him in the combine doing the 40-yard 40 40 dash, he's like a big, thick, muscular guy. He could play linebacker. Um, and in his first ever game uh, in college, he broke the NCAA record for the most average punt yards in a game with at least five punts and a 63-yard average. So this wow. guy has got a booming leg. Now, 
like I said, I like positional punters probably more. Um, and this guy is not that. He doesn't necessarily have the technique, unfortunately. But as a guy who's going to be stood in his own end zone and, and absolutely release it and, and flip the field completely, this guy is a, is a bit of a weapon. And you know, if we had uh, sixty-five roster spots, um, I'd have a positional punter and a booming punter on the <laughs> on the roster. <laughs> because how, what, how many did he bench? Uh, twenty-five of two hundred twenty-five pounds. That wow. that is impressive. I mean, when you when you consider that Artie Burns managed seven. Yeah, right. <laughs> this, is, this is a impressive. strong dude. Um, yeah. So yeah, maybe you can take some snaps on defense as well. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, so th- this guy was interesting to me because he wasn't the normal kind of guy I'd be interested in. But I like that he's from a punting family. Um, that sounds kind of crazy. And, and I kind of wanted to ask you that, Rich. Why do we see so many in the US? Why do we see so many guys that are like um, their the parents or someone else in the family played a position and they end up playing that same position? It's, it feels so strange to me. I think it's just because, you know, that when they're growing up as kids, you know, a couple of things, their dad teaching them the game uh, knows that his position better than anything else. So that's naturally what he's going to try to, you know, teach his, his child. And I think as the, as the kid, you know, emu- wants to emulate the dad. I mean, you know, a lot of people, kids growing up, they want to be just like their dads. And I, I think that probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so, you know, I, I like that. I think probably got a good head on his shoulders he was a bit of funny kind of i think he might be for the brand he if you watch his 40 yard dash he does like a little celebration after it um so maybe it sounds be... like he is to punt in what big bone randy bullock is to kick in he looks a bit more impressive than fat randy in fairness <laughs> on the field he's a bit more of a physical presence but um yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing is with Barry, I don't think he does either thing well. So you know, if this guy was out there in, in, as a priority free agent, take him in and, and see what he can do. Because I'm pretty confident he would demolish Jordan Barry's kicking ability in camp. Um, but you know, I think obviously Jordan Barry has photos of Mike Tomlin in a compromising position. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just need to like. Do you really think it's worth punting? I mean, do you have a, a deep dive of, of the kind of stats of the history of punters that have been drafted versus those that are signed off the street? I mean, you know, there's, so there's three punters in the market that you could draft or draftable. There must be 20 coming out of, you know, 20 plus coming out yeah. that, are, that are just going to go walk on to practice squads or, you know, a training camp rosters across the nation. What, what, is there is there any kind of historical trend that the guys that are drafted have guaranteed like you know long term success? That's a good question. No, I, I don't know is the answer. But but what I would say is that I think the guys that can be drafted, um, uh, and it's the same for kickers, right? The guys that can be drafted, or even long Well, I don't know about long snappers. But I think only a couple of decent long snappers come out every year, right? But the guys that kicker and 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 punter that drafted could generally do something exceptionally well, and you'll see that. Um, I'll, I'll, in, in fairness, a lot of these kickers and punters and specialists coming out of college aren't that good. Um, you'd be surprised how hard it is in a country of 300 million people to find, you know, 30 guys that can kick a ball through a post from 30 yards out. So it's and we saw that when they moved the extra point back with kicking, right? So uh, it's only the exact same thing with punting. This is a, obviously one of the. You can argue it's more difficult to find a good kicker and a good punter than it is a good quarterback. Um, I mean. I- what was the last time the Steelers drafted a punter? I, I want to say it was like Sepulveda or something like that. I don't know. I have no I idea. I can't remember. 
I was just looking here. So the, the first punt I just thought about the first good punter I could think of, I thought of Dustin Colquitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was second in the third round. I can't believe it. I forgot that. When, like, when were the, when, so when was like um, uh, who's another good? Well, Pat McAfee. When was he? Was he? Was he drafted or was he? Oh, you have to give me a second here. <laughs> Go throw but the other, the, other, the other thing I th- thought was, um, you know, there's 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 plenty of good punters out there, aren't there, on the on the street? I mean, uh, Marquette King. We talked about the other day. I don't know what's going on with Marquette King. He seems to have been uh, blacklisted from the NFL for some reason. <laughs> there's no no good reason I could think of that he's not in the NFL, but. So Pat McAfee was taken in the seventh round, pick two, two, two. Right. Okay. I think what I would say is, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Can you address this this by signing a guy? Of course you can. Like, but but the question is, they haven't. So why not? Um, either they're comfortable with Berry, which is just incorrect objectively because he's not very good, or they don't like anyone for whatever reason. Either the special teams coordinator doesn't feel that he fits in that, you know, what they want to do, or, or whatever the case may be. But John Berry is not a good punter. Um, don't let people tell you that he is. <laughs> That's my point. So if if you see someone else uh, that you like, um, whether it's a, whether it's one of these guys that you can draft in a late round, or whether it's a you know someone else altogether, a, a priority free agent, uh, uh, you know someone on the street, is what I'm saying is it's the position that I feel that we have the most upside. To, well, not the most upside. That's silly, but the the most ability to go and do something about for for very very little effort. You know. Just looking yeah, here, uh, Sepulveda was a fourth round pick, Ooh. and uh, he's also Super Bowl champion, of course. So I think it's become it's become less acceptable since uh, Richie Aguayo writes to uh, take specialists early. Yeah, yeah. I mean that was down. that was that was damaging, but that was a surprise at the time. I mean, no it one was. saw that one coming. It was, although he was supposed to be the most accurate kicker of all time. So. You know, I mean, listen, yeah, is it is it a little bit outside the box? Yeah, but if you can guarantee, you know, 15, 20 years of perfect kicking, you know, just would you take Justin Tucker in the second round? I would. Well, with hindsight, you would, but yeah, you wouldn't right. do it at the, when he was being drafted. I mean, no, no way. No, no, but what, I, what I'm saying is if, if they thought Richie Aguayo was going to be Justin Tucker, right? So uh, I get it from that point of view, but of course it's, yeah, it's a difficult thing to sell. Um what do you think about punters, Rich? Do you agree with me that this is this is a horribly undervalued position, or do you think that I'm just a kind of a crazy person? Um, I, I think I sit somewhere between um, you and Gavin. Um, I, I do I do think they are undervalued, um, and I, I mean they they can be an amazing weapon. I mean Ray Guy was drafted by the Oakland Raiders in 1973 in the first round. And he's considered the greatest punter who ever lived. And, I mean, watching those games, he would be in his own end zone and he would just boom the ball 70-some yards and get them out of a jam consistently. I mean, this guy did this consistently. You have a weapon like that, that's that's quite a big deal. It's just finding those guys. If you can find one, then I would say, yeah, they're worth a, they're worth a high pick if you can find someone that good, that, that consistent for sure. I mean, think about how, how many times your defense get – gets in a jam like that and your punter can bail them out yep absolutely yeah i think it's just you think about the yards that are lost the hidden yards as you know they call them the yards that are lost in this game and especially for the steelers last year i mean it might amount to nothing but at the end of the day we're talking 20 30 yards every time there's a punt sometimes that you know it's going out with a 50 because of a bad pun or you know it's it's kicked in a highly returnable manner and at the end of the day it's easy to just say well you know the the offense started at the 40 yard line and scored a touchdown well why didn't they start at the the 18 um so uh, yeah i don't know i just think it's it's an easily dealt with position 
you know, relatively to other positions, I mean, but it's something you could go out, improve today, and it wouldn't cost you much. Um, but, you know... But can... in a draft where there's only six picks? I'm not necessarily advocating that we, we take one, at, you know, in this draft. I, because, for example, what I'm saying is I think the only one that I would go out of my way to draft is Brandon Mann, and I wouldn't take him before where he's going to be taken. So... I mean, Johnny Johnny Hecker's probably one of the best punters at the moment. Would you Would you agree? Yep. And he, is he undrafted. He undrafted. <laughs> you can tell where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my argument isn't that we need to take a, a draftable punter. My argument is purely, as with any position, that you're more likely to get a good punter if you draft one than if you t- take one in free agency. That's all I'm saying. I mean, um, do I have any stats to back that up? No. But you know, I also couldn't tell you what the stats are for the receivers that are taken in the third round as opposed to undrafted and what their success rate is. So. You know, I, I get I get your point, but as with anything, the reason the draft is there is to take your pick of anyone. I mean, theoretically, all these guys can be picked up in free agency if they don't get drafted. So that's that's the only difference. This is just a, a priority system, and and maybe use a bit of that capital to to deal with this position. Is also maybe not this year, maybe next year, maybe you find a guy in free agency. But I'm just saying, it needs to be on the table. This is a team that took a, a long snapper in the sixth round. So don't tell me that they really value these seventh round picks, and we have to get that difference making linebacker. You know, I mean, come on. I suspect they took that that long snapper because they thought he could offer some versatility. Yeah, he was a long snapper slash tight end, wasn't he? Yeah, and turns out he couldn't do either. He couldn't do whatever. (laughs) Anyway, we've spent approximately fifteen minutes too long on this. So, (laughs) yeah, do we want do we want to cut the podcast here? Do this as a punting special (laughs) restart (laughs) for people that maybe aren't interested in punting. I think as long as we've cut this under twenty minutes, it's not going to be too distracting. That was just a joke. Okay, I wasn't sure. I know you're, you're, you're probably trying to cut this and then it'll never go anywhere. That'll be it. We'll never hear from Punting Corner again. Um, no, no, no. I, I like your Punting Corner. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. I think it's your own thing. You own it and you do it well. So, carry on. <laughs> so, um, thanks, Gav, for that affirmation. Um, so, the mock draft. So, what we're going to do, we've got um, the draft network uh, is what we're going to use to uh, to run this mock draft. We're just going to pick for the Steelers. Uh, we're doing the seventh round pick based on the draft network's predictive board. Um, all you guys can see my screen, and we're going to do it here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. So I'm going to jump into this. And what we're going to do as we go through, it's good. we're going to tell it to slow, so we're going to have uh, the picks run through um, relatively slowly so we can see who's being drafted and, and where, and we can kind of discuss the guys that go as they go. Obviously, the Steelers' first pick, not until pick 49. So if I hit go, so as expected, Joe Burrow taken with the first pick, then Chase Young um, and Jeffrey Akuda. So, obviously, the first round, no picks for the Steelers. Ooh, that's a, the fourth. The Giants take Caleb Von Chase on with the fourth pick. Now, that is a surprise. Didn't see that one coming. Mm. Okay. And, and Gross Matos to the uh, Cardinals. So, the Browns get Isaiah Simmons. So, that's a hefty fall for Isaiah Simmons, right? Yeah. Uh, Henry Ruggs, the first wide receiver off the board, which I'm starting to think is going to be the case. Um, really? He's, he, so he's had a fall and then a rise, Ruggs? You think he's a late, a late returner? I think he's going to be a guy where teams, when they actually get to the board and they're running the pickup, are going to say, listen, we've got a guy here. Listen, well, I know CD Ram's great. Uh, I know uh, CD Lamb, I know Jerry Judy's great, but this is a guy that could be Tyreek Hill and he's a game breaker and I just think people are going to fall for it, whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing to do. Well, Whoa, the speed was legit. The Patriots grab. Yeah, Patriots Herbert, Justin yeah. Herbert, which I think is wholly uh, unlikely. But well, you don't think he'll fall that far? I mean, we had a discussion online about that earlier, didn't we? I mean, Justin Herbert's going five to Miami. Bank on it. Watch this space. 
I don't know. I, I, as I said, I think, you know, I've heard rumours from scouts that he has uh, interviews similarly to Mariota. Really? So, you know, he hasn't got the um, the leadership qualities. That's what they're saying. Now, interestingly, I think we should point out that Jonathan Taylor's gone 32 to the, the Chiefs. And that's that's who I'm kind of settled on right now is the guy I think will fall to the Steelers and the Steelers will select if I had to pick one name. Um, Swift is still on the board at the moment. Yeah, so Jonathan Taylor, the running back, goes to to the Chiefs. That Bourne does not fall to us. He goes to the Texans at 40. Uh, Antoine Winfield, the safety out of Minnesota, goes to the Browns. Why isn't Swift being taken? What do they know? What have they found? Is it yeah, a, a, video, a, very good a, question. a gas mask bong video <laughs> been released in this, in this alternate reality? <laughs> DeAndre Swift, what's going on here? Oh, no, he's available. Right. We've got to take Swift, haven't we? Well, I, but that's just so unrealistic. There's no way he's still going to be here. No, I'm not, I'm not sure he fits into the Steelers system. I don't know. So man. Uh, there's a couple of things here. So right, so we should say KJ Hamler's gone just before us, and it means that DeAndre Swift has fallen to the Steelers. Now, yeah, you're right, Gav. I don't think this happens in reality. I'd be very, very surprised. I think if it did, I, w- I would, I would be over the moon to take him. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's a very slight. I mean, he's a great running back, but yeah, whether he's, he's not he's not very Steelers-y. Yeah, that's but, true. On the board is also Jeremy Chin. So that I was know. going to be my point, yeah. <laughs> Discussed in the last episode, of course. So a, a red-hot pick by all of us, I think. Yeah, Jeremy Chin, red star safety out of Southern Illinois, big hitter, a very Steelers-y guy. Who else is, if you scroll down? Because I think, I think perhaps... I mean, maybe it's it's not maybe it's not why, but maybe we should just pretend that Swift isn't there because. I, yeah, I'm kind of with you in the yeah. I mean, you're right that he's not really a Steelers guy, but also I don't think he'll be there. So maybe it's more useful to us to kind of look at the guys who we think will yeah. be there. Um, in in Chin, Michael Pittman Jr. is a name I'm hearing a lot. So I mean, he's he's one of my red star guys, yeah. so I'm, I'm all about. So there's two. So for me, there there's Chin, there's Pittman, is did Raekwon Davis go? My other red star guy. Raekwon Davis that. is there. Yeah. So okay, so so I'd be I'd be comfortable taking either any one of those three. I can see a case for it. Uh, we've also got Lavisca Chenault from Colorado, the receiver who was initially kind of a first round prospect who seems to have fallen a little bit. Um, he concerns me with injuries, to be honest. Um, yeah, and also does does Randy Finkner have the playbook to no. kind of make use of it? You've got to have a plan with that guy. Um, you've got Kyle Duggar, the small school standout from Lenore Ryan, who we spoke about last week. Um, I've and, got uh, Chin ahead of him on my board, so I'd, I'd go for yeah, Chin ahead of Duggar. Yeah, Chin as well. Clyde yeah. Edwards-Hilaire is another running back option. Um, T. Higgins is the wide receiver I'd stump for, personally, if we were to pick a wide receiver. But um, he Why seems has to he fall. fallen? Why has he, why has he fallen so I must admit, that, yeah, that has concerned me a little bit. I don't know why it concerns me, because it's all talk, right? We, we did our own individual work on T. Higgins, and I loved him, so I don't know why it concerns me. But it, I suppose it does a little bit that teams obviously aren't... You know, word gets out, right? And teams are not as jazzed about T. Higgins as we initially thought they would be. Yeah, could it be interviews, or... Mm, I don't yeah. know, you don't... What do you think, Rich? Who's, who's jumping out to you? I mean, all the, all the people that, that you guys mentioned, um, I mean, they all, the, the three guys, uh, Chin, Pittman, and um, the, the D lineman, um, I think they're all, I mean, they're all great picks uh, for, for that slot. Um, that, my question, though, I wonder if, I mean, there's nothing we can do about it, but of course, Swift's not going to be there, but if Swift's taken, who does that leave, you know? Because he should be taken. I wonder who that leaves for us. That's you know, a very, that one. Yeah, very good question. Well, you'd imagine probably uh, J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor, one of the two. Could be, yeah. Mm. What about you, Dave? I saw Josh Uche there. I, I'm uh, more tempted by Chinby on the board still, to be honest. Um, I've got a, a, 
well, a strong feeling that we're going to go quite offensive heavy. Not us necessarily, but the, the Steelers when, it, when it's actually the draft. I've got a feeling it's going to be quite an offense-heavy draft just because of um, Ben's window. But I'm, I'm saying with, with Chin being on the board for us, I, I'm tempted to just go with Chin just because I, I was so high on him. Maybe it's more of a recency bias that I was so recency, recent, recently high on him. So... Um, so yeah, like, the yeah. o- the only question I have um, about Chin, and I love Chin, and I think if it was purely down to the prospect I like the most, Chin would be an easy pick for me here. But the only concern I have is that we don't have another pick now until what 103. Yeah, a long so time. There is a huge gap now, and I think in that gap, the the really quality nailed on players are all gone at that point. That you're starting to take not not necessarily flyers, but you know guys that aren't going to make an immediate impact necessarily. So this is the one guy you're going to get maybe in this draft that's going to make an immediate impact. And I don't think that Justin Chin, uh, Jeremy Chin can make an immediate impact because we have he's not necessarily going to start, right? That's true. So who, so who out of these do you think is 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 filling a need? So let's let's say there's we've we've mentioned all the best players available there, and maybe you can keep scrolling around so we can see if there's any later ones. But um, you know, who who do you think's here that is filling a need as well? I mean. No, not not going to go for Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's some people out there that want Jalen Hurts to be drafted, but um, yeah, you're highlighting Cam Akers there. Uh, I, I personally don't think... I mean, I like Cam Akers a lot. He's my favourite running back. Uh, Malik Harrison, you're pointing out there. Yeah, he's a good one. Julian Aquara. I mean, this comes down to, to need. What do we think yeah. the need is? I mean, the needs, the needs are positions that perhaps we could come back to later on so maybe this is a luxury this pick. is a luxury pick yeah i agree with you yeah but but it's also about i think wanting someone that like dave says is going to maybe make an impact on a super bowl run if, if we can indeed do it um, so i think if you're talking about making impact on a super bowl run i think Pittman offers offers that because he you know I, although ebron ebron's come in you know there's still concerns about about injuries with him we don't know how he's going to mesh into the the offense you know, and and I just think the the biggest problem last year was that that between the between the numbers over the middle, and and Pittman has just got that. He just brings that to the offense. So right. so perhaps if you're thinking that the window's closing, Pittman, I think could come in and be a real dangerous weapon. Okay, I, I can get behind that. I mean, again, I, I'd be very upset to pass on on Jeremy Chin here, but. Um, I do think that. I mean, think about it, right? The guys that we love. I mean, I, I'm talking about um, Devon Hamilton. Um, these guys aren't going to be there at the third round pick. Uh, Billy Harrison, sorry as well. Um, yeah. You know, so even if you think these might be kind of reaches here, these guys aren't going to be there. So you need to take Akeem Davis Gather even maybe. You know, so guys that you really like here, you've got to go and get at this at this spot. If there's a guy that you're in love with in this draft, this is where you've got to take him. Well, that's you know that's the question too. I mean, the Steelers have always they've traditionally been a team that drafts the the best athlete at what position they're drafting, not necessarily team need. Cause if you strictly go team need, you get yourself in trouble and they, they've done that in the past too. But most of the time they've taken the best athlete. So it's, it gets so complicated with Ben because now you're at the point where do you take the best athlete or because Ben has a window of about two or three years, do you take the guy that's going to help us win a Super Bowl? you know? And then also there's been so many receivers already drafted is Pittman going to be there the next time we pick he probably won't be but he might be you know the the mock draft that I did the other day was so I mean that's another thing to consider but I I don't know at this point I think I would lean towards taking the guy that's going to help them win a Super Bowl 
as opposed to taking the best athlete. Because I think if we go for the best guy long term, I think that's Jeremy Chin. Yeah, I agree. My... yeah. But it's also how he gets on the field. So you're right, Rich. Yes, I, I just struggle to see him getting on the field in any meaningful way until you know after Ben's gone. Um, either that, or we've obviously given up on a first round pick from two years ago. So yeah, which is possible. Can I just make a case for Rekwon Davis so that I think every every team should should build from the front, you know, and and we don't know, you know, they've got Cam Haywood. How long is he going to be around for? And and Stefan to it is is looking like he's really progressing nicely, but this guy could come in and be there for the next, you know, eight to ten years possibly. He's, I think he's that good. So you know, you'd have a nice progression, perhaps perhaps someone could slide around and, and fill in in that nose role, you know, and you get these three guys up front and you don't need to take a nose tackle later on. I don't know. But um, I think there's a case to be made for that as well because it's shoring up a position. It's not a sexy position, but it's a very important position, especially for the Steelers. You need those guys. And he's, he's rare size. You know, he, he fits the, the, the role perfectly. So I, I think we should at least consider consider that as well. And and, and, then, and also Josh Uche on the edge. I mean, there aren't that many. Once, once you get past the first round, there aren't going to be many edge defenders left. So, I mean, maybe you have to consider that. Yeah, I'd wonder I whether it's... Edge is more of a next year thing with um, extending Bud for a year, etc. I don't know whether Edge is going to be a priority this in this draft. Mm, I don't know. I mean, you've only got two guys and then you've got unknowns behind them. It would be nice to have a developmental prospect behind, behind the starters in case someone goes down, have someone yeah. coming along. I like Davis a little more um, because of the... Uh, uh, because of how I mean, look at the last three seasons. How often have we had Hayward and Tuit on the field at the same time? Mm-hmm. They, they've been a little. They've gotten their share of injuries themselves in the past three years. Yeah, you get worn down playing in that in the trenches. There, it's, it's a tough position. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's make a pick here then, based off um, consensus. I suppose we'll try and do um, first of all, see if we can manage that. <laughs> um, I, I agree with all that's been said. But personally, if I was to make a pick right here in this exact situation, kind of ignoring DeAndre Swift, um, it, it would be Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, well, for me, it might be T Higgins, but but going with a consensus pick, it would be Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely get on board with that. He's been one of my Red Star guys from the beginning. I'm fine with it. I'd love to have Jeremy Chin on this on the team. He just he's just a stealer, isn't he? But yeah, I can get behind Pittman. Okay, and what's interesting about this is that if Jeremy Chin did fall, it's very likely Pittman's going to be there as well. So uh, that would be a really interesting to see what the Steelers would do in this situation rather than us, you know. Uh, but for the purposes of this, we'll go ahead and draft Michael Pittman Jr. at USC with pick 49, so that takes the Bears onto the clock, take Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle, and then Jeremy Chin goes two picks later to the to the Cowboys. Swift's gone to the Rams. Yep, replacing uh, their running back. Gurley. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire goes to the Bills. Oof, and don't T see that Hig- as a fit. T Higgins to the Ravens. Ugh, oh, no. No, thank you. <laughs> Just... Uh, uh, this, this this front office is forever going to be compared with the Ravens <laughs> for taking Pittman over Higgins. Josh Uche goes to the uh, Vikes. And Curtis Weaver, a guy I know a few people like uh, for the Steelers, have gone to the Seahawks. Cole Komet, the first tight end off the board to the to the Packers. I've seen that quite a few times now. The Packers taking a tight end. Ross oh, Blacklock. Damien Lewis has gone to the Seahawks. So I mean, we, we didn't necessarily talk about interior offensive line, which is, is possibly you know a massive need as yeah. well. So... Maybe we glossed over that a little bit, but 
Laviska Chenault seem... falls all the way to the third round. Jalen Hurts goes to the Chargers at 71. And Malik Harrison, my boy, goes to the Cardinals at 72. Cam Akers to the Colts. Yeah. In a Let's committee with uh, Marlon Mack. Adam Troutman went in the third round as well, which I'm seeing more and more now. Originally, we were thinking Adam Troutman would be a second round selection. Might not even reach us, if you remember, early in the process. Mm-hmm. Raiders, Greenard and Madibuike, back to back. Darrell Taylor is a guy I'm seeing mocked to the Steelers quite a bit as well, the edge. Yeah, I don't see that myself. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And there goes Devon Devon Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. And Chase Claypool. So, yeah, that's two guys we like. Obviously, Devon Hamilton to the Lions and Chase Claypool to the Bills at 86. Um, Rob Burgess. Claypool is a guy that I love. Um, Akeem Davis gather there goes to uh, the Raiders. Chase Claypool is an interesting one because he's a guy we could maybe go with and potentially. But the problem is with Chase Claypool, like, does he fall to the third round pick? Probably not, right? Well, he's in that. I think he's in that area. It's tough, you know. If you want him, you might have to go to the second round, and, and I don't like that. It might be a oh, trade back. On the board there, shy. <laughs> oh, Bradley and I to the Patriots. Okay, here we are. So Zach Moss is there. That's interesting. Your guy, Thaddeus Moss. Thaddeus. So Thaddeus Moss, the tight end from LSU there, who I obviously like to learn the process. I must admit, um, tight end has kind of fallen off my radar. I, I'm not, unless it's a later round pick, I'm not too jazzed about picking a tight end in yeah. this class anymore. So uh, the, the picks before the Steelers, it's now the uh, Steelers 102 pick. And the, the, uh, at 100, the Patriots took Bradley and I. And at 101, the Seahawks took my uh, Red Star cornerback, Troy Pride Jr. So, yeah, we're up. Uh, interesting from Brad and I because I thought he was a potential edge candidate for round three. Um, I know you, I don't think you were too jazzed on him, were you, Gav? I, I liked his effort. I, li- I liked his hustle. I liked his his aggression. I just didn't like him in the run game. That was my issue with him. Okay, so so let's take a look at what we've got here then. So I think firstly let's take a look at running back because I know um, I know Rich especially is keen to get a running back. Um, on the board right now, you know, Benjamin is a guy I loved, but not really the guy we're looking for. He's a very shifty and very um, Madden sort of joystick, twitchy guy. Um, Zach Moss is the guy I would take if I was to take a running back. Um, the, the king of the wiggle rankings. King, king of the wiggle rankings. I think he's more of a boomer in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's sitting there as well. Um, they're really the only two guys I'd consider this pick. Um, uh, what from running back you mean or from running back generally? from running back yeah, yeah. Um, we looked to other positions uh, we got Kayvon Wallace the safety out of Clemson um, I like the guy versatile guy but um, I don't know yeah it's a little I'm bit not... rich for my taste um, in terms of tackle I mean the tackles when we get to this position I don't know a great deal about so it might be a little bit of a struggle but um, Ben Batch I've heard a little bit about um Sadiq Charles I mean, from LSU. Aggressive, aggressive dude. Bit stiff. But uh, could, could, could one of those guys that could start guard and kick outside later in his career. So, I mean, that's an option. Uh, the old favourite, Devin Asiasi, is sitting there at tight end. I think that's a bit high for him. Yeah, I agree. Oh. Uh, what other positions would we be looking for here, maybe? Uh, what about interior defensive line? Just have a look here, see who's gone and who's not. Uh, Lecky Foto. Lecky Foto, the old favourite. Um, I don't hate Lecky Foto here. I know there's a bit of a mixed opinion on him, but guy can't move. He's yeah. he's he's yeah. immobile and too easily moved by other linemen. It's yeah. I, I wouldn't be excited by that pick. Okay. 
He feels a need for a 3-4, though, but because it's not really our base defense anymore. I mean, we haven't had a guy of that size since Casey Hampton. Yeah. I mean, Yvonne Hargrave really is a, is better suited for a 4-3. We, we I do think we need a guy to stuff the run, though, in, in, in the middle, a big body that's going to take up two blockers. I mean, because we when Hamilton when Casey Hamilton Hampton rather Casey Hampton retired, our our run defense took a big hit. They were never the same since then, and we've never been as good as when he was in the middle. I I, I think we need that big body. Not that we need this guy, but we need a guy of that similar stature in the in the, in the middle to clog up the run game. Totally agree, but I, I do think there might be some players available in the later rounds so we could get that that size. Maybe maybe not to the the skill level of Lecky Foto, but what about um, interior offensive line? What's there? Oh, Tyler Tyler Badass is there, and John Simpson is there. I, I think I'd make a case for for shoring up the the interior here. Okay, uh, would that be? But I mean, I do like. I, I remember liking Badass, so um, that, that's certainly an option. Yeah. I mean, I've been on Jim John Simpson's my red star guy, and and I think Tyler Badass is. Uh, uh, Rich's Red Star guy. Who did you like it out of these two, Dave? I don't think I. I think I wasn't on that episode that you uh, you looked into O line. Um, I didn't really look deep into him afterwards either. Um, I, what I saw him, I liked. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd bow to your greater knowledge at this point for the uh, okay. O-line so guys. I mean, John Simpson is just a big dude, like aggressive, heavy kind of guard, like almost like a sort of Ramon Foster kind of you know, road grader in a run game, whereas Tyler Badash is more versatile, a bit slightly, you know, more of a kind of centery, but can play a bit of guard, but aggressive as well. I mean, I like both guys. Rich, who, who you, are you? I like both of them too. I, um, do you think Simpson will be there in round four when we pick? Uh, I, I don't know. It's tough. I, 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 I don't know. I'd kind of be willing to take the chance that he will be if you, if you want to go with Simpson. Um, I like them both. I, I yeah, like, like badass for sure is my he's my red star guy. <laughs> um, but you know, picking up uh, uh, was Nesky when we picked him up as as a free agent. That that was a that was a real nice pickup there. And I think that by doing that, we don't necessarily have to grab a guy early in the interior line. Although I, I'm not opposed to it, but I think personally, I think running backs a little more important right now because there's a big drop off after. It, to me, after Moss, there's a big drop-off in, in the back's talent. Let's have a look at the running backs again. Sorry, I know you're yeah. looking at them. I should also mention, just very quickly before I do that, um, I'd be amiss not to mention that the highest current prospect ranked is Jake Fromm. Uh, mm. any, any consideration of a quarterback at any point here, guys? I mean, I, I, people keep saying about it. I, I, I just can't see it. I mean, it, it, Jake Fromm's a, a, a game manager type, right? So if you're going to take him, you're looking for a kind of Lower level Alex Smith. Yeah, I agree. I, I wouldn't doesn't, take a doesn't excite me in this no. draft unless it. The only the only consideration I would have of a quarterback is if Jalen Hurts fell to this pick. And mm. I know I've been a little bit down on the idea of taking Hurts because that was always presumed to be the second round pick if it were to happen. If he was to fall to this pick, and there was also no one else I was like really banging the table for, um, as is the case right now. You know, I, I think you know uh, a couple of the guys that I'd be really banging the table for have gone. I'd be open to that, but I don't see him falling this far. I I would be more interested if Jordan Love fell to forty nine. I think that would be more interesting to me. I think I think Hurts is such a such a would be such an offensive shift to incorporate him into the program that I, I, I'm not sure. 
I don't see it. Okay, so there's your running backs. Obviously, like I said, for me, Zach Moss is the only guy I'd consider here. But AJ Dillon, a bit of a heavyweight thumper. Slow, I think you but... could get him later. I think uh, you could come yeah. back and get him later if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah, we got remember we got Benny Snell who plays that role a little bit. Mm. For me, anyway. Zach Moss is definitely a complete back, and I could I could get on board with that pick, but uh, I, I'm still in two minds about whether whether it's a pressing need running back. I mean, I know, you know, I, I'm open to to Moss, Zach Moss, or Tyler Badash would be my two at this position. What are your thoughts, Dave? Um, my sort of aim with it all is to go a bit more offense heavy, as I said earlier. Um, so either's good for me. Um, I think running backs maybe a bit more of a need than O line. Um, so I'd probably side with you there, Sai. Probably side with Moss. Who's uh, who's on the safety market here? Well, I think Kayvon Wallace is probably your best bet, but let's have a look. Oh, it's Kenny Robinson. It's a bit early for him now. Mm. Seems like there's some, yeah, some picks later on we could come back to. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, interest, yeah. we've obviously ignored it, and we've we've just done the show. What about cornerback? Who's there? Just have a look. Now, my boy Josiah Scott, but uh, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, and and Dave's Reggie Robinson, but um, that's too early for for that. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that'll still be there later. And, and Javelin Guidry, a couple of my picks there, but um, yeah, let's let's not go cornerback with. Don't need that. Tight okay. end? Who's there on the tight end? Tight end Sorry. was uh, Thaddeus Moss or Devin Asiasi. Right. Hunter Bryant as well. How about linebacker? Ooh, Evan Weaver. Oh. We we kind of agreed wasn't. Davion Taylor, the speedster. Now he's he's a real. I, I'm really I'm really intrigued by that guy. He's a special teamer, but I, this is too early for him. But he, he's a guy I, I would be tempted to come back in the next round, maybe. Okay. Yeah, he's like, he reminds me of a um, a lesser uh, uh, version of. Um, oh man, I'm, draw, I'm drawing a blank now. But I like his speed. Super mm. fast. Yeah, amazing speed. Who are you thinking of? Sean Spence? Someone faster? Uh, no, our our, uh, our guy, our linebacker that no, that's injured. Shazier, Shazier, yeah, lesser lesser talented Shazier. Yeah, yeah, slightly faster even. Yeah, without the uh, the smarts, without the football smarts. Okay. So this Uh, this might surprise you a little bit. I'd probably lead a little bit towards uh, Badash. just from a, I know we talked about running backs, but I, I don't know. I, I still feel like there's running back options. Whereas, and at this point, I don't know if Zach Moss is is better than James Conner. I know the injury issues are there, but the thing about Moss is he's had a lot of usage. He's had a lot of carries. I love know? Moss. It's not nothing against Moss purely Me from too. a positional standpoint. I like him, but you know, you, you're only it's a four year it's a four year pick, and you know you've got a, a backfield committee. I, I'd be more comfortable taking a back high when I think you'd want to take a back high when everything else is there. And I know it's Ben's window, but I, I still think you can get production out of the backs we've got. So. Yeah. Well, that, that's exactly right. Yeah. My, my only worry is that we draft that Moss of this third round pick. And then next year we're back at the well needing a, you know, a higher end running back, you know, around a, a one or two kind of guy. So um, we shall see, but 
Yeah, I mean that's that's my two cents, but I'm happy with either guy. What's the what's the consensus then? Is that Moss or, or Tyler Badash or, or Simpson? I, I think the wise thing is to go with one of the the offensive line guys, and if that means uh, sacrificing Simpson for Badass, I, I I can get on board with that. Uh, Dave, are you uh, on board with that? Or are you thinking more Moss or, or Rich? Are you on? I'd be happy to go with Badass just because I like I like his name. I really do. <laughs> it's a good name. <laughs> uh, you okay with that, Rich? I'm okay with it. I think Simpson will be there when we pick next. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think we could probably get both. But if if we're not willing to risk it, I'll, I'll go with Badass. I, I love the guy. He's a great lineman. He needs going to – I mean, Foster just retired. He'll jump right in there. Okay, so we're going to go Tyler Badash, um, inside offensive lineman from Wisconsin at pick 102. So if we head back to the main draft. Oh, Alex Highsmith to the Rams. He's got. He's really risen. I like that guy. Maybe we should have taken Alex Highsmith. Nice. <laughs> Thaddeus Moss falls to the fourth round to the Redskins. Eno Benjamin goes to the Giants. KJ, KJ Hill, Hill, yeah, who's the, the last receiver I was sort of concerned, but obviously we'd already taken one in this draft, but um, he's an option maybe in the third round as well. Yeah, I like him. And Devin Asiasi there to the Panthers. Nick Harris is another centre guard kind of guy, more more centre. I don't, I prefer Badass to Harris, so we uh, we got, we got we did the, made the oh, right our, choice there. Our next pick's coming up pretty soon as well. It's uh, one, two, four. So Evan Weaver goes, and the final pick before us is John Simpson. Oh, John Simpson <laughs> to the to the Cowboys taking all our guys. Okay. So interesting. So so well, the thing there is as well. I mean, John Simpson's taken at one, two, three. Would he? be there if we'd have left Badash on the board so you know maybe um, but yeah so that's very interesting it shows you know anything can happen but what is interesting is that Zach Moss is on the board I tell you who else is there mm. that's interesting is Lynn Bowden but he, he's probably still going to be there at pick 135 but yeah. I just think what we, what we were talking about Chenault right is I think Lynn Bowden Lynn Bowden gives that same offensive creativity at, at a lower price so I I I I'd be interested in Limbo. Maybe in the next pick, but yeah. We, what else have we got here? What who, what have we got uh, defensively? Let's have a look. Mm. Well, Dave's guy Reggie Robinson the second. He's going to be there late days, I think. Like he thought to is still hanging around. <laughs> um, <laughs> interestingly, um, I, I mean the thing is as well, we don't have a fifth round pick. Um, but we do have a pick just after this, right? One, three, five. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, for me here, this is a nailed on. You pick Zach Moss with this pick if you haven't taken a running back yet. I'm, yeah. sen- I'm sensing Gav doesn't want to do it, but <laughs> <laughs> who's a? Uh, let's have a look at um, interior defensive line to see who's. Yeah, it still feels like. I mean, could you take M- McTelvin a game here? You could. But then, could, yeah, I mean, he's probably still going to be there at pick one, three, five. Yeah, I mean, Zach Moss is going at any minute. I think in this in this scenario, if he was still hanging around in the fourth round, you'd think he's going to be the next running back gone. Safety, just out of interest. Who's that? Yeah, I don't know. Well, Blackman, I like. Blackman's still there. Oh, Tanner Muse is coming up later. Oh. Tanner Muse is certainly a guy I'm interested in. Yeah, you got to keep an eye on that guy. Um, I mean, we have one more pick here until we've got a big gap. So there's two guys. You've got to think about this. There's two guys that are on the board now. Obviously, it's going to be 10 picks where we don't know who's going to go. But 
there's basically two guys that we're looking at that we're going to be able to take here. Um, I'd have a hard time arguing that Zach Moss isn't the most urgent one of those. <laughs> My bowling ball's still there, Antoine Brooks Jr. I think I think we've got to address uh, interior defensive line with one of these picks. Yeah, I agree. I do agree. Unless there's an edge guy, let's have a look who's who's there edge wise. Is there anyone that's no one really? Well, and and Frene Jennings, we didn't really talk about him, but he's or or Tuska as well. Both of those players could do a job, good on special teams. Uh, I'm happy to go with Moss. If you want to go with Moss, we can go with Moss. Does that appease you, Rich? Oh, I'm I'm very happy with Moss there. Okay, so if we take Zach Moss at pick 106, and I think that fills every need other than defensive line, um, so we'll see who falls to us at 135, not that you want to pin yourself into one position, but we've seen the guys available, and I think that's obviously a need that we really want to fill. Josiah Scott goes to the Saints. Hakeem Adenergy, that's, that's a... A tackle I quite like. Oh, Lecky Fulton goes to the Vikings. Lynn Bowden to the Seahawks. Oh, no, in the Percy Harvin role. You can see that. That's going to cause damage. Albert O to the, tight, uh, to the Ravens, the tight end, the big the big tight end. So a little bit upsetting that Lecky Fulton goes three picks before you at 135, but it probably saves us from having an argument about him at pick 135. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if we go to IDL, I know the guy's going to jump out at us. is going to be McTelvin. Is it A-Jim, Gav? A-Jim? A game, a game, a game. But um, is that yeah, yeah? Because I think he's got position versatility. Um, he, I mean, there's more of an end, but I think he could fill in like in the same way that uh, Hargrave did at, at, at tackle. Right. Okay. But then it's just whether you think we got you got Bravi on Roy and Benito Jones later in the draft that could nose tackle role, and then I can see there on the screen Requan Williams, uh, Michigan State. I mean, I really like him as an end, but maybe that's maybe that's a later rounds pick that you just do as a flyer. So, uh, what do you guys think? I, I like I like going with Agim. Um Only real knock on him that I've got is that he's got a pretty poor anchor. But is that something that can be coached? Do you think is that something that's a coachable uh, trait to pick up? I hope so. Should point out. I mean, other than that, he's a, he's a solid tackler, he's a big, you know, big body in there. So, yeah, I, I could get on board with a with game. I think with six picks, you don't double up on, on wide receiver, but we should point out that uh, Devin Duvernay, uh, <laughs> who's obviously yeah, in the bowling ball frame, uh, is still on the board. You're tempting me. <laughs> I saw Davion Taylor's there as well. That's a, uh, This could be the pick for him. There's, you know there are, there are there are there are gaps for linebackers on this roster. Yeah, yeah. I I did want a linebacker, but I'm only you know the only guys I'm in love with are probably guys that you can only get in the second round, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, there's not a great deal of depth there, but the speed's alluring though, especially on special teams. I mean, that guy's going to be a gunner on day one. You know, an absolute special teams baller. But this is only the fourth round, so I don't know if you want to take a guy like that here. What about safety? Who's there at safety? Uh, Blackman's still there. Muse, Muse is exciting there, but um, he's maybe a little bit early, but obviously we don't have a pick for a long time, so... Mm. I, I like... I, I would go a game here, perfect, but, you know, get that kind of 
defensive line depth. What about Strobridge? I mean, he's he's kind of more your traditional kind of tough guy, you know. Six four. I mean, he's he's more of an end, but maybe maybe. Maybe the need the need here is for someone you know the need on the roster is for a nose tackle, but I, I like Strawbridge as well. I mean, a big aggressive kind of hog Molly kind of character, whereas the game's kind of got a bit more versatility. I don't know. Well, they're they're both going to probably end up in a four-three defense because neither one of them are really nose tackles, but they they. No. Win. They would give us some depth on the D line, but they're not going to fill that nose tackle role. I can't see yeah. that. So is it maybe we wait a little bit on the uh, the nose tackle? Maybe pick up, or, we, or even maybe pick up Ravi and Roy, as we mentioned. Yeah, I mean, if you go down as well, Benito Jones is there. I think they're two fits. I mean, even John Penicini, awkward name, but um, not an awkward fit. He could play. Well, that kind of makes this pick a luxury one then. Um, I mean, am I am I crazy to suggest Tanner Muse? I think it's too early for him. Hmm. The only my only my only worry is that at least the way we're doing it with no trades, we only have two more picks after this pick, right? Yeah. Um, so we, so 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 we allocate one of those for the for the nose tackle and one for just a special teams player. So then, what is this linebacker, cornerback? Linebacker, safety, cornerback. Safety. Uh, yeah, we take an offensive Tight end. Maybe if you wanted it. I think that's why I'm suggesting Tanner Muse because I know there's obviously a guy uh, who we'd consider in the sixth or the seventh round uh, who I have my eye on, um, mm. Mr. Kaliki Hudson. Um, what linebackers are here? Just just, just uh, quench my thirst for linebackers. Yeah, so Davion Taylor. Yeah. Just scroll down. None of the, none of those guys. I just want to see who's going to be available later. Mm. Yeah. So th- this is the last. Uh, Davion Taylor is probably the last uh, linebacker. Has uh, Hudson gone? Has he really? Can't have done surely. Looks like he has. Am I spelling his name right? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, K-H-A-L-E-K-E. Now he's gone. Someone's taken him. Uh, I don't believe it. Uh. Okay, so uh, I don't know where Kaliki Hudson's gone, but uh, either way, um, at this pick, I mean, I don't know, like you say, a game's versatile, maybe not the cleanest fit. Um, my only other, the only other guy I'm in love with here is Tanner Muse, but like you say, maybe it's a bit early for him. But I'm on board with a game, but I'd make a case for Duvernay. Like, like you say, you don't want to double up on guys when you don't have to, but I'd make a case for him. I think in another draft, I'd be on board with that. My only issue is that I don't think we're even particularly light at receiver. It's more just that we want a particular type of guy. Yeah, I mean we've got three receivers. I'd be pretty comfortable starting with, even if we didn't draft one. Um, so you know, you add Pittman to that mix. I just, I just wonder where Duvernay even comes into that equation. This is a, this is a strange draft because we've hit a kind of roadblock where yeah. usually I'm kind of desperate to take people. But this, what about a uh, cornerback? Who's who's there at cornerback? Let's have a look. 
Mm. Uh, none of those prospects really catch my eye. So no. Reggie Robinson. Uh, yeah. yeah. This, is, this was the toughest round for me. Every, yeah. every mock that I did, the fourth round was always the toughest. I, I personally like Davion Taylor here. I think with, with his intangibles, you got to find a spot for him. Yeah, I agree. I just think that his speed doesn't come cheap. I don't think he's going to be around much longer. I just think as a special teams guy, and it just it doesn't feel like there's any anyone jumping out. I mean, th- there's a few players, but we've already taken players in their positions. Like this would be a good spot for Dylan, I think, but obviously we've taken Moss. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to go um, Devon Taylor here. Fills the linebacker selection that I kind of wanted to make. Yeah, and definitely contribute on special teams. Dave, can you get behind it or no? Yeah, I can get on board with that. Um, I said I think I'm a bit higher on Aguin than Taylor, but I can I can bow to a consensus. I mean, they're both they're both kind of a bit raw. I mean, Davion's very raw, but um, I just think I just think the athleticism is there. Okay, so with the 135th pick, we'll take Davion Taylor out of Colorado, linebacker. And then that leaves with quite the wait, right? And now we've got to kind of watch and wait and see if any of the guys we like disappear. Um, I've, got, Bridge. I've got to try and figure out what happened to Cleeky Hudson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's strange. I wonder, I wonder if he's, he's not that off the radar that he wouldn't be on this board or anything. No, no. I mean, I've drafted him before on oh, okay. on, on this machine. So there goes uh, a game to the Seahawks again, taking all our picks. Oh, there goes Trowbridge. Sorry, he didn't go So what, what's our next pick here? Uh, sixth round. It's the whole the whole fifth round's a desert. Devin Duvernay goes to the the Chargers. Uh, oh. uh, Do you think Devin Duvernay falls to the, the that pick, the fifth round? I mean, I know there's a lot of receivers, but I don't know. On this on this draft machine, he always seems to fall. Mm. So I, I don't know. Josh Kelly to the Jets. I like I like I like Kelly. There goes Shannon O'Grady. James James Morgan, quarterback, backing up Tom Brady there at the Bucks. Someone needs to do it. He's probably the the one quarterback in the later rounds that's got some potential, right? You like him, do you? Uh, Yeah, I think he flashed some at the senior bowl. Anthony Gordon, quarterback, goes to the Eagles. Woodward is the uh, the linebacker who's good, but a lot of injury concerns goes to the Jags at 170. Harrison Bryant finally goes to the Dolphins cool. at 173. Colby Parkinson to the Titans, replacing Danny Delaney Walker. Love Colby Parkinson. He could have been he could have been an option at the last pick. In all fairness. Yeah. Yeah. Julian Blackman to the Chiefs. Oh, such a long round. This, this is this, take, wait. this is going to be for it. Feel like forever on uh, what day is it? The Saturday. Yeah, I think it's going to be quite a few people in the UK falling asleep at this point. <laughs> really good books lately, or oh, Ravi and Roy goes. <laughs> oh, there you go to the Browns. Now that's upsetting mm. because that's a guy we might have targeted here with this sixth round pick. Definitely. So I think the Steelers are looking at uh, Benito Jones here and thinking, is he going to go? Here we are. Oh, Requan Williams to the Bucks. Okay. And Trump Brooks. 
And then here comes the Steelers pick. So the Steelers pick, 198. Um, Bravi and Roy off the... Uh, off the field, what I would say now, I feel like I'm going to get some pushback here because people are desperate for this nose tackle role. Tanner Muse is sitting there and I am on board with it. Yeah, uh, me too. I'm good. I'm good with Tanner Muse there. Yeah, let's take Tanner Muse. Dave? No, I thought I was going to get more pushback than that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm I'm on board with that. I think um, I know, I'd, I'd like to see a corner in there. A corner? What's left in corners? I know it's not an area of need, but it's, I don't know. I feel like there's a bit of a need for potential depth with, with Hayden, Hayden's age and what have you. I, I'd be concerned at any of these guys. Yeah, there's no um, corner I love there. Uh, uh, Kendall Vildor, uh, mm, Joanne Jennings, what a fall he's taken. I'd be, I mean, if we hadn't taken a receiver, I'd be saying you could take uh, John Hightower or Joanne Jennings or... Even Antonio Gondi Golden, but I think Muse I Muse is more exciting. Muse here, it's more yeah. exciting here. Yeah, the versatility as well, position versatility. Yeah. I yeah, I mean he could good... he could potentially, if, you know, with a bit of development, you'd hope he could fill in at safety or linebacker. Um, he could be like you say, the, the poor man's Isaiah Simmons, as we said the other week. <laughs> did we say that? Well, I did. <laughs> Not sure he's quite got the speed, but yeah. actually he's quite fast. He's but he hasn't fast, got yeah. the he doesn't he's got the play speed. Yeah. But, uh, but I love the guy, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'd be well on board with this pick. Okay. I remember, just hope Benito Jones is available in the in the seventh. You've got to risk it. So at one nine eight, we'll take Tanner Muse, um, listed as safety, but I think more of a linebacker uh, from Clemson. And we set the draft in motion again. Uh, now you're really down to the uh, the kind of the the bottom of the barrel situation. I mean, it's interesting to see some of the guys that fall though. Like you said, um, Juan Jennings. Francis Bernard, the linebacker, was getting some pop early on. Yeah, yeah. Right down. He's just gone to the Bills. Antonio Gandhi-Golden is an interesting late-round wide receiver as well. Michael Divinity Jr. goes to the 49ers. Yeah. Oh, Trey Adams. I mean, he was gonna. He was looking like being a first-round pick a couple of years ago. And he's just, he had the injury and has fallen off the cliff. And now he goes in the sixth round to the uh, Patriots. But he just can't move anymore. I feel sorry for the guy to have all the, the ability and then lose it. He looks like me playing five aside with the cement knees. <laughs> all right, so maybe we should look at tight end, though, just, just to see who's there before yeah, we uh, yeah. settle in on Benito Jones. Unless anyone else, Dave, wants to take a cornerback. No, there was no one on that. Those the cornerbacks that really stood out. Okay, so here we are. So, uh, let's just take a quick look at tight end, as you say. Jared oh, Pinkney is still that, sitting that there. It's a value pick. Well, you say it's a value pick, but I think there's a reason that everyone took Jared Pinkney off the boards and he's fallen to the seventh yeah, round. But, I mean, the guy, the guy can play. He can catch passes. He can block. Okay, he's slow, but, you know, I just think the guy... I think that was um, in the seventh round. This is a guy that was being touted as the number one tight end prospect coming into 2019. So well, I think he was being touted by you. Well, <laughs> that's true. 
But I think for for this fall, and that's on the based on the fact that he ran almost a five second forty. This this pick here for for I think that's that would be outstanding value, and then you would just pick up a nose tackle off the off the free agent market, a UDFA. That, that I've, I that's I'm all over that. I'm banging the table for Jared Pinkney here. Right. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I can I can get behind it with the upside that you you've expressed to me. I trust you, but uh, that speed concerns me. And, and is he pushing Zach Gentry off the roster? Is, are we more confident in Jared Pinkney at this stage than Zach Gentry? I haven't seen enough of Gentry, but just the ass whoop that uh, Pinkley shows has got me. Just that—that's what got—that's what won me over on the tape. Just him, just bruising guys. You know, he just played like a stealer to me. I, I just really liked him. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you could make a case for Stephen Sullivan. He's more of a pass catching guy. Mitchell Wilcox here, um, and another player that's had a really bad combine. He got hit by the by the ball in the eye. But he's he's another player that could <laughs> yeah. uh, it's that. nicely. But, um, Obviously, the best I name mean, in the draft, bit... Joey Magnifico. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a few tight ends here, so you know Jacob Breeden for Oregon. You you know, there's going to be some UDFA's here as well. So I mean, mm. you could make a case. You take. I mean, what's what's the uh, the nose tackle market looking like here? I suppose the one saving joy is that we're in the seventh round. You know, I mean, I, I don't suppose that Pinkney doesn't get drafted. That would be surprising. Oh, has it's, Benito it's uh, Jones gone? Looks like he has. Uh, oh, is he? Yeah, he must have. Um, Show if you see a Benito. Yeah. There he is. Goes to the Patriots at pick 204, oh, so quite a while ago. There you go. That might help our decision making a little bit. Who was their tackle they had? The big guy. Always had the wife. Oh, oh. um. Uh, oh. It used to kick the field goals. It's funny, and wear overalls. Um, yeah. Oh, what's his name? Why oh, does this escape my head? Yeah. <laughs> He's a character. Do you know who we're talking about, Dave Rich? Got any idea? The Patriots nose tackle. I do. The, I, I can uh, picture the name escapes me right now. Um, all right, I'm gonna Google it. Move on. Vince Wilfork. Vince Wilfork, yeah. <laughs> Big Vince, of course. Yeah, what a legend. Uh, so they've replaced Big Vince with Benito Jones. So that leaves us in a bit of a bind. I mean, yeah, given that, you know, the, the, the nose tackle isn't there, we're going to have to solve that issue elsewhere. Um, we always knew that there was going to be some position that wasn't addressed. Um, I, I, I do think the Steelers address nose tackle, but, you know, the, the draft falls in interesting ways, right? Um I don't have a problem with Pinkney here. I mean, the seventh round pick is what it is. It's a, it's a bit of a flyer, right? And if you're getting a guy you think's got that kind of upside with one major knock, then I think so. I'm not upset with think... it. It's got quality. I think you know. Yes, the speed's not there, but the quality's there. He's a footballer. Quez Watkins, I kind of liked, but obviously we've got receivers. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like. I mean, I, I, I like Pinkney's game. Like, say, the, the, the speed is an issue, but um, you can, you can fight the role with uh, Gentry on the roster. Throckmorton. Yeah, can... uh, it's T Rex. No, no interest in Calvin Throckmorton. <laughs> uh, I can't see him. I can't see him no. sticking on the roster personally. Okay. Got beat up no, at the, the senior bowl. The, the senior bowl performance was, yeah. was rough. Uh, AJ Green was a cornerback I kind of liked. 
where are you guys rich dave where are you what do you think um i, I don't feel like titans in an area of of need but i do like pinkney i like him as a as a blocking tight end i think he's great um so i'd be tempted to go with tight end but i don't know because it's i don't, I don't feel it's an area of need it's putting me off you know, so I don't really know where to go from there. It's the seventh round, you know. I don't think you really can even really pick based on need in the seventh round because the, you know the guy might not never make the team. So I, I mean, we've not. got two sick notes as well. You know, you've got uh, McDonald often injured, That's Ebron true. likely mm-hmm. often injured, um, and and also you know are they going to? Well, they restructured McDonald's deal, but how is it? How they're going to extend both these guys in the future? I think it's good to have a blocking guy that can also. You know, is can offer stuff in the receiving game in the short area, not not much downfield. But um, are you saying, you know, Gav, uh, that in the seventh round of the twenty twenty draft, we have found the new? Uh, uh, and his name escapes me. Uh, Xavier, Grimble. Right. Xavier Grimble. Xavier <laughs> Grimble. <laughs> uh, I'd hope more than that, but yes. <laughs> Butchered that a bit. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> right. um, okay, so Pinkney, uh, tight end. I'll own this. It's got my name written it's got, all over it's it. Got We've got to give Gav something. We've got to throw him a bone, right? We we gave um, we gave Rich Badash. Um, I, I did think... have the Devi on. I did twist your Devi on Taylor arm as well. That's so true, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if we yeah, gave I, Dave I, anything. No, Dave. <laughs> Not yet. I will see what we can get. <laughs> we'll, let, we'll let you. Um, we'll let you stay in charge of all the UDFAs. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, are we okay with this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Jared Pinkney becomes the Steelers' fourth tight Welcome. end. Welcome to the ball club. At 2-3-2, two, two, which leaves the draft just to, to play out to its conclusion. We didn't look at what punters are still on the board, did we? You know, I didn't make the argument. Um, <laughs> could, I, <laughs> could I have made the argument? Probably. Um, but there was never really a place to do it. I mean, probably that fourth round where we couldn't decide was the prime place for... Um, <laughs> Uh, Brandon Mann, who's still on the board, by the way, but he, he won't be in the real draft. Um, He's gone. He's just gone to the, to the, uh, the, the Packers. Packers. Oh, the Packers took him. Wow. Right, okay. So should we see who's available as UDFAs just to just to uh, fill your boots? Or does the draft close when it gets <laughs> Well, I'm not sure. Uh, it seems to have ended. Prematurely. Slightly, <laughs> but I'll take that. <laughs> It ended after the Steelers pick, so I can get on board with that. Um, okay, so uh, do we remember who we took? Because it's not currently <laughs> where we need to look. I can I can go back though. So um, we took at pick forty nine. We took Michael yeah, Pittman it. Jr. So I, I mean, I like that pick, right? Um, um, Very happy. Two USC goes back to back with Austin Jackson going straight after him. But yeah, Michael uh, Michael Pittman. Um, Michael Jordan. Michael say. Jordan, that'd be great. Yeah, Michael Pittman, a very interesting receiver prospect. And I do think that receiver's a real option in the second round. Um, then with our third round, which is 103, we went with Tyler Badash. Tyler Badash, yeah. Um, offensive line from Wisconsin. Um, I think a lot of teams... I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets pushed up the board a little, you know. Um, mm. I'm hearing his name a lot for a mid-rounds guy. So. Well, he, was, he was being touted as a first-rounder at, at one point in the yeah. process. Um, a great value, I think, with Zach Moss going at pick one, two, four. The running back, um, Davion Taylor, the linebacker from Colorado, goes at one, three, five. 
Then we face the, the long dearth that is the fifth round. Come back in the sixth round, take Tanner Mews, uh, safety out of Clemson. And then lastly, with our final pick in the seventh round, Jared Pinkney, 2 3 2, uh, tight end out of Vanderbilt. So uh, that's our mock draft, our seven round mock draft. Um, how do you think we did? I'm like pretty pleased. Yeah, that's all right. I'm pretty happy with that. You know, sign Kaliki Hudson. I don't know where he is. I'm going to take a look in a bit and try and find him. There's no way he went before the third round. <laughs> but um, make sure that guy ends up on the, the practice squad. What's uh, the chances the Steelers draft the exact same way that we did? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know if what? they do, I think we should all go out and buy lottery tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be pretty happy if uh, we got one pick right. <laughs> <laughs> so um that was the only other thing that I wanted to mention before we all we all get out of here was um if there was with that second round pick with with 49 if there was three you know, even if you want to say one but if there was three guys that you really wanted to tout as I think one of these guys will be the guy that we take at that position um have you got sort of the names and we can kind of jot these down and see if any of us hit yeah i mean i i i've been saying for a while Rayquan Davis i think um so Rayquan Davis. I do think Pittman. Yep. And then let me think about my third guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy. So yeah, I mean, I, I would say I'd be interested in Zach Bond if he fell, but I don't think he will. So I, I, I would say Jonathan Taylor is is the one that I'm currently the most sort of. Uh, I've just got a feeling, you know. Sometimes you just get that feeling. Um, I, I had that feeling about uh, um, T.J. Watt. And, and that happened. I know it's a little bit easier at the thirtieth bit than the forty ninth, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I could just see it happening. Um, and then after that, you know, I think Pittman does make a lot of sense. Um, I know, sorry to, to use that, but that's why we picked him. Um, I, I do think that he's a guy the Steelers could target. You know, for another pit, for another guy, it's, it's tough. I, I love Malik Harrison. I don't think the Steelers take him that early though. Um, well, what about you, Rich and Dave? Oh, I I would love to see them grab Taylor. That would be one of my guys. Um, I don't think he'll be there. I, I have a feeling he's going to go early second. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I think so. But I, I would I would love to see that. Pittman would be would be great. I'd be happy with that as well. Um, Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chin. I know we didn't we didn't draft him, but he's another guy. I think he's going to go before our pick. You know, in in the real draft, I think he's got a, an outside chance of being a first rounder. In all honesty, or at least early second. How many guys am I allowed? Because then you got uh, Zach Bond. Who, if he falls because of the diluted urine thing, yeah, and then, and I, I then, think he goes. Yeah. The other guy for me, I know he's an unpopular pick, but would be Julian Aquara. I, I really like that guy, and uh, you know, it's a sort of edge rusher to be behind Dupree for when you know they inevitably he has the uh, predicted down year because he got paid, he got franchised, and then he he walks. Well, you know, that's possible, too. I mean, the Steelers love to take edge rushers in the first round. You know. He fits the mold. Mm-hmm. Dave, you got any guys that you just got a feeling about in that second round? I've been happy with Pittman, to be honest. Um, like, like you say, Mick Harrison probably would have been a, an interesting one, but maybe I should have pushed harder on Chin. I'm, I'm quite high on Chin in the minute. Yeah. Yeah, no, I am as well. I am as well. I just, yeah. I suppose when you watch that play out, you know, you can almost see some of those receivers that you think, you know, I'd take him in the fourth or I'd take him in the sixth and maybe mm. get him on the field. But, you know, so there's an argument there to be had, I suppose, isn't there? Yeah. 
So is that we've got seven people that have been mentioned? Is that is that right? Let me if any if I've forgotten anyone. We've got uh, Taylor, Harrison, Bon, Aquara, Chin, Pittman, and Davis. What about Josh Uche? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's hard to say at this point, isn't it? But I, you know, I'm just giving you the guys that I've got that feeling about that I would, uh, you know, stake my my name to if I had to guess who the Steelers are going to go with. Neither of you two feel particularly strongly that they could take Uche at 49. I think it's possible. I think he's a fit, so I'm going to pencil him in. So how many guys are we allowed to say? Because I think it's a, a quite a good thing to sort of tweet out who we think could be the guy. Mm. How many people do we have? Ten? Is that, is yeah. that too many? So who else is there? Dave? Um, probably Ed, Edwards Hilaire. Be someone I'd like to see on the team. Did you put down I Chin? Don't... I think Chin is an option. I put down, I put down yeah. Chin, yeah. The only other question, is there any tackles that might fall to us? Because that is another position that I, I think the Steelers could go. I mean, the other one's Cesar Ruiz, if he fell. Hmm. Ezra Baser Cleveland, Center. maybe? I've seen... Yeah. Where did AJ Epinesa go? He fell quite far, you know. He fell all the way to 45. Wow. What about... What That's about the one I probably like? What was that, Rich? What if Jordan Love falls to us in the second round? Well, yeah, that's 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 very interesting. I think that could be that would be an it. I mean, that 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 would be an admission that they failed on Mason. But yeah, yeah, yeah we could put that. I mean, I'd keep it. Would... No, I would, I would keep it. No, no, <laughs> I wouldn't drive. Okay. I I don't know. I just we've got one pick at a at a difference making position. I don't know. I think Ben would be livid. <laughs> it's, it's my main yeah. issue. Um, yeah, no, if Epinesa falls, I mean, I'm D- Dave's absolutely oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. Epinesa goes, he would absolutely be mm. a difference maker. Yeah, there's a few guys like that, you know, like Epinesa, uh, Zach Bourne, uh, maybe even Jalen Rager, to be honest. I'm um, not so high on Rager. I know you like him. I don't know. I know they met with him, They or digitally interviewed him, but... Uh, uh... Mims? Uh, yeah, I love Mims, but I think he's, I think he he's destined for... first. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think those are the names, yeah. We can't can't force any more in. Um and we'll see, and you know, who knows, maybe that maybe they'll draft a punter in the second round and it'll all come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> um awesome. Well, you know, we'll cut it a little bit short, I think. Um unless Gav, have you got any last minute uh, topics you're desperate to dive into? Not me, I don't know if Dave's got a, a prepared uh, kebab corner. I hadn't had anything prepared, but I, I saw a, a video earlier of Ebron uh, uh, doing jumps from like kneeling down and jumping up onto his knees and onto a like a table thing. Oh, one of I those thought, things. I thought if I even tried to jump from my knees, I'd be making groaning noises like like an old man makes. I, I, I can't even stand up without making a groaning noise. I'm at that stage of life. But it, was, it made me realize how unathletic I am that he can just jump from his knees without any real effort, without making any noise at all. That's the only thing I've got to mention. <laughs> really, really <laughs> I'm really old, or getting old. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I've been doing a PE with Joe. Have I mentioned that already? Uh, you know about this guy, Joe Wicks? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm on board with him. I, I, you know, He's not everyone's cup of tea, but he, he was born in the same town as me. He's from, from sort of similar to where I grew up. 
Um, oh, no, no, bad. that's interesting, girl, because I find his voice really annoying. Okay. I don't find I don't find yours. That's what I'm saying. I don't find yours to be. A, it was funny because you know you look at Joe Wicks and he's like a very attractive guy and I I'd, I'd seen him for years but never heard him speak and then when this PE thing started I think it was one of those situations where his face did not match up to his voice for me and it just totally like threw me off. <laughs> uh, he's got a very estuary accent. That's what you call what he's got. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. He's got a bit of that kind of Jamie Oliver kind of accent yes, yeah. vibe going on, um, but his. Uh, we, we, me and my daughter have been doing his workouts every morning and, and, and they're really good. They're, they're kind of low, low impact, high intensity. They're good. Do you know any, I've got any idea what we're talking about, Rich? No, it's probably, this is probably a UK phenomenon. Yeah, I have no idea. Sorry. Yeah, he's like, he's like a chef, he's a sort of TV, not even a TV. He had a, he had a cookbook out that um, he decided he wanted to get into fitness. So he started doing YouTube. And then with, with the lockdown, he suddenly, he offered like a, a daily PE routine, you know, physical exercise for kids to replace what they've lost at school, and it's okay. at nine p nine p.m. every morning of the week, and and he's he's been getting millions of viewers across the world, and it's good. It's a really good thing. Me and my daughter do it. It's great. So, Dave, maybe you should uh, before you go out to hit the road on your job, maybe you can get on with some Pete and Joan. There's some exercises he does there which has got me groaning, but I'm getting better at it. You know, he's got like he does. He makes it quite good for kids. He's got like Spider Man, and you know, he does all that bunny hops and and stuff, which is it was cool. But it's a lot of jumping around and rolling around and stuff. So it's good. That's oh, good. Well, perfect for kids. Yeah. But going back to his accent, I'm I'm that kind of northerner that finds it hard to differentiate between a Cockney and just as someone who's from the south of England, despite having a, a wife that's from London. But um, no, I, I I find it hard to pick out different southern accents. You're, you're all Cockneys to me. I'm not Cockney. I do. I don't sound Cockney. No, Gav does not have a any kind of annoying accent. It's it's quite. It's, uh, Cockney's not an annoying accent. I, I like the Cockney accent. It's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have an annoying accent, so I can't say anything. But <laughs> <laughs> that's why I uh, almost exclusively listen to Americans talk. <laughs> um, cool. Right. Well, let's not get into accent talk because we will end up offending um, the vast majority of our listenership. Um, thank you for. <laughs> Thank you for sticking around. Uh, tweet us, let us know what you thought of the picks uh, at UK Steelers Pod. Um, should we tweet these picks out? Definitely, or, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, we'll, uh, and, and fire your abuse at us. Yeah. We can take it. We've got broad shoulders. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. So we'll put these up and we'll put the picks up alongside them. So, um, yeah, let us know what you think and who you think we should have drafted at the positions we had. I suppose you won't necessarily know exactly who's there, but, but you know. Send us the the six picks. You, you mentioned the Sports Illustrated composition. Gary? No, we haven't. I don't know if we have. We should uh, mention that. Go ahead. So the Steelers Sports Illustrated Twitter page, which is the handle of which uh, I don't know off the top of my head. What is it? Si underscore Steelers. Uh, maybe? Is it all Steelers something? Hang on. Uh, uh, Stool. Fill some you, time. You find that anyway. They're running a competition where um, you can basically pick each of the Steelers picks and try and guess them correctly, as we have just done. Ah, so, at SI underscore Steelers. Oh, so exactly, exactly what I said. What a surprise. You know, typical, my mistake. Uh, yeah, professional. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> so, yeah, get over there. Um, tweet the, uh, the, the six picks that the Steelers have to them. Me and Gav have both done it as well. So I'll retweet the the, uh, the competition. I'll just reply to their tweet. Uh, what's the, what's the, what do you win if you get it right, Gav? Uh, kudos, uh, bragging rights, yeah, okay. and not much else. So, so there's not like a million pound prize pot? Uh, unfortunately not. That's upsetting. No. Okay, well, wish I hadn't entered now. <laughs> Maybe they'll make a plaque. 
<laughs> I actually I want a I want a medal if I get all six picks right. Um, I do like that the UK has slightly taken over their Twitter thread in that everyone from yeah. the UK seems to be piling on. What the hell's going on here? Why have we suddenly uh, got all these UK uh, UK mock drafts? So uh, any UK fans, get on there and you know show your UK support. Exactly. UK represent. Well, we'll uh, we'll speak to you early next week um, for the for the first round mock that we're going to do uh, as a bit of fun, and then um, then it's draft time, right? And uh, yeah. that's what it's all been about for the last six weeks, and it's finally here. And then, and there's nothing further to look forward to into the void that is the virus, and and we'll also come. But until then, uh, we'll <laughs> we'll wish you well and stay safe, and uh, follow the podcast at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at I wrote this. Follow Dave at This Is Dave Hart, and follow um, Rich on Instagram at Stunt Batman. Are we following Gav yet? You can. You can. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. If if you if you see the uh, the the uh, Twitter competition for the mock draft at uh, oh. si underscore Steelers, you'll see me there as uh, at GM Boomot. Wow, he's given out the Twitter handle. That's it. That's it. He's finally succumbed to the uh, the social. He's on the social. Okay. Um, well, listen. Go enjoy. Uh, go enjoy all your mock drafts for one more week, and then we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye bye. Yep. Cheers, Take guys. care. <laughs> Yeah.